Welcome back to They Reminisce Over You. I'm Christina. And I'm Miguel. This week we are talking about singer, rapper, actress, producer, all around despian, <laughs> <laughs> award winner, hip hop icon, Colin. Queen, Literally. all that stuff. Queen Latifah. Uh, if you hear any noise in the background, there's currently a thunderstorm happening, but we're going to record anyway because we're supposed to do it yesterday if we're doing it now. So <laughs> you're going to have to deal with it, but hopefully it won't be too bad. Ready to get into it? Yep. Let's start. Okay. So I looked up a little bit about how she got started. Mm-hmm. And I just found out that she was in a group called Ladies Fresh and an original member of the Flavor Unit, which that I knew, but I didn't know about the previous group. And another thing that I read about was she got the attention of Tommy Boy Music employee Dante Ross, which we had talked about Dante Ross in a previous episode, but I can't remember. I don't know. We were talking about. We talk about people all the time (laughs) and they kind of go overlapping in several episodes. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. So I actually didn't know too much about her beginnings just because um, she came out a little bit earlier than when I was getting into hip hop music. So I thought I'd do my little background check on her. Okay. (laughs) Well, like you said, she was part of the original flavor unit. The flavor unit that we know Mm -hmm. is not the flavor unit. Of those days. Okay. It was started by DJ Mark the 45 King. That's a very 70s and 80s name if I've ever heard one. Yes. But he started it. He was a producer slash DJ and he kind of put the group together. So it was her, Nikki D, Mm -hmm. Daddy's Little Girl. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Chill Rob G, Apache, his brother Lati, Lati, I don't know how to say his name. They were all just a bunch of young rappers from Jersey and he decided to put them together and here we go. We are the flavor unit, the original flavor unit. Uh, The first time I heard her, though, was on 1580 K-Day, which I've mentioned a few times on this podcast. (laughs) It was on 1580, and I think Wrath of My Madness might have been the first one that I heard. And yeah, it was a time where hip-hop was just starting out and hitting outside of New York. So you could get away with doing a lot of different styles Mm -hmm. as one person. Because Wrath of My Madness sounds nothing like Dance For Me (laughs) or Come Into My House. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't unusual for a rap act to have a house record. So those are my introductions there. And then on uh, De La Soul, Buddy. Okay. The Buddy remix too. I think the first time I may have, or my first memory of her is actually you and ITY. Okay. I do know some of the older songs, but I think I may have discovered those later. Right. So I'm not exactly sure what I heard first from her, but that seems to pop into my head when I think about how I was introduced to her because that was released in 93. So by then I was- Yeah, that timeline adds up for you. Yeah. Anything before that, I was just starting to discover. So if I hear it, I hear it. But if I didn't, that wasn't unusual. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 93 is when she started (laughs) making her escape from hip hop. Exactly. And Just when I discovered her. <laughs> into movies and television. But that's not a bad entry point. Mm-hmm. I like you and ITY. Yeah, and I think that's her most popular song. And she got a Grammy off that song, I think. I don't know if she won a Grammy for it. I didn't look that stuff up. I just assumed you did since that's your area of expertise, yeah. awards and Sometimes charts and I such. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know that in comparison to her later stuff, the early stuff, which... I love wasn't nearly as recognized as the older things that we're going to talk about later, like her jazz albums and such. Mm -hmm. But hey, I liked it. Well, why don't we just jump into the first album then? All right. All Hail the Queen, 1989. Yes. 
like I said, my first hearing of her was on Wrath of My Madness. Mm -hmm. It was constantly being played on the radio. And at that point, at least for me, I was probably 13, 14 at the time. So I really didn't make any distinction between, oh, it's a woman rapper. Right. Or these guys are letting this woman do it. It was like everybody was just rappers at that point. And she happened to be somebody that I like. Pretty much anything that came out after that, I was all in on it. I don't know if I'm like way off. I think I noticed this more when I was listening to the second album. But something about her style reminded me of Heavy D. It's funny that you say that because (laughs) I have it written right here. And I was going to say that as well. Because I never noticed it before until listening back to it this week. Uh Uh-huh. It was like... This sounds like heavy D, like the her cadence, her tone, and then the little bit of the reggae influence right. and stuff too. Like, oh my god, I'm listening to heavy D. Yeah, and never noticed it. And they both came out around the same right. time. Like, I think his first album came out the year before this mm-hmm. one did. So I don't know if it was intentional, and she was like, "That's the lane I'm going yeah. with," or it was just organic. I kind of feel like it was probably just of the time. Yeah. And uh, where's he from? He's from Money Earning Mount Vernon. Oh, when she's from Jersey, so <laughs> yes. not the same place. No. But close. <laughs> but I mean, I think they were of that time. Yeah. You know? It was very rhythmic. And That's one way of putting it. Yes. Very rhythmic and very danceable. Yeah. Because <laughs> like was... I said, you could have Wrath of My Madness mm-hmm. and then come into my house, be on the same album and it didn't sound weird. Give me body. <laughs> Which I've been singing all <laughs> week long. I can't stop saying it every time I listen to it. <laughs> And something else I picked up on that I didn't notice then is she was doing a lot of singing Mm -hmm. on these early records, too. Mm -hmm. But I really didn't notice it until later when she kind of branched off and started doing more of the singing. So, oh, she's always been singing on these records. When we were deciding who to talk about next and we were saying, let's talk about Queen Latifah. And I was just saying, it's funny how she's doing all this jazzy stuff now. But just going back and listening to all this stuff actually is not that unusual at all because she always had the jazz elements. She always did different musical styles. Yep, It's just the jazz albums don't have rap. (laughs) (laughs) This was the first time I listened to this album in full. There were a few songs that I was already familiar with, of course, Ladies First. It's like the anthem for women. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, Wrath of My Madness. But yeah, I hadn't heard these house songs before. Dance for me is kind of... Yeah, it's kind of a house record. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't realize that she had already been doing all these different musical styles. Because in my mind, I knew she sang, but I always thought of her as a rapper turned jazz who used to sing a little bit. Yeah. But all of these seeds were already here. (laughs) Yeah, I just didn't notice it. Um, Usually when I go back and listen to albums that were before 93... Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't, just because if I wasn't listening to it at the time, I just don't. But this one, I really liked, even though it was released in 89 when I wasn't really listening to rap, but I would definitely listen to this one again. The only problem I have with it is Mm -hmm. it sounds really bad quality-wise, because it's just an old album. So I wish that someone could put together a billion-dollar GoFundMe (laughs) so we can... (laughs) <laughs> remaster all these old albums from the late 80s and early 90s you want because... to hear come into my house at its full potential 
<laughs> Actually, that one doesn't sound as bad as some of the other mixes on here. Like Wrath of My Madness. I really wish I could hear the bass in that song, but yeah. I can't. It just sounds really flat either right. in my headphones or listening to it in the car. I think this is very like quintessential late 80s rap and going to early 90s in terms of like how it sounds. Like I can see people dancing around in rayon shirts. And, of course. <laughs> and like hair in different levels. <laughs> well, you saw the videos. She's I did. got like uniform business suits on. Yep. <laughs> And dancers bopping around yep. in the background with their African medallions. Mm-hmm. And she's always in a head wrap and everything. Yep. So because she, she's the queen. She presented herself as royal and very militaristic. Yes, I was about to say royal, but also very like in charge. Yeah. Like I said, this was released in 89. But I mean, that's just one year away from the 90s. But I've said this to you before. All these songs were like in the 90s. It's like we had this view of like everything's going to change yeah. now. So, so much of the music people would ask actually literally say in the 90s x and x won't happen right. anymore or it's the 90s so now blah 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 yeah it was at the height of afrocentricity mm-hmm. and feminism too. feminism all of that stuff was coming together yeah it was just at like time. this is our time right like it's the 90s yeah we've struggled long enough it's time for us to make a stand and take a step forward and here we are in 2021 and, and still like, doing the um, same things <laughs> like people are still fighting for the same stuff <laughs> yep so a lot of the early 90s had this theme but i think by like the mid 90s people kind of stopped that <laughs> because they had made it that's why yeah like you go from a point where people are dancing around with african medallions on mm-hmm. Like the genre got so popular that by the mid 90s, you got people wearing platinum and diamonds Mm -hmm. all over the place. So people got comfortable, basically, at least in my opinion. Yeah, because like late 90s was the quote bling bling era. Right. Right. So it it was a quick run. Like you went from (laughs) ashy to classy (laughs) in like five years. So I really liked the dancey in the house songs, the dance for me and coming to my house. They're just, they're infectious. You kind of want to just get up and start. Give me body. <laughs> yeah. Voguing and or just doing <laughs> a lot of arm and leg movements. <laughs> uh, I noticed in Latifah's Law, as I was saying, she was always doing some jazzy beep boop, beep boop, boop, boop <laughs> from the beginning. Um, ladies first, of course. It's funny. I was thinking about how I couldn't hear Moni Love's accent because I didn't realize she was British until, I don't know, I found out not that long ago, okay. but in the song she says born in london and sound american so i guess she was in america long enough to not have an accent yeah <laughs> you know how sometimes when people rap or sing then you just don't hear right their non-american accent anymore? yeah like uh, you can hear it on other songs a little bit yeah but she hides it well yeah but i'd say my overall favorite is wrath of my madness yeah me too again because that was the first one that i heard it's just always been my favorite and i've had an issue with ladies first since it first came out and i'll tell you why okay because money love spells lady l-a-d-i-e and it's bothered me from the first time i've heard i this noticed record. that <laughs> it has you know what? i didn't write it me. in my notes but when i heard it i was like ever since i was a child lady and he, i, I, I understand to make why she did it yes. yes but i'm sure she could have come up with something else it has bothered me <laughs> since the first time but at I least it. that sounds intentional unlike warren g saying an x-e-t next <laughs> yeah he definitely didn't do that on purpose i'll let it go i think she knew what she was doing yeah <laughs> 
all this time, I thought she had some like Jamaican roots or something because she's always doing the little bit of reggae and patois. And no, her parents are just both American. <laughs> yeah, that's just the time we were in. Well, it sounds fine to me. I don't know how West Indians and particular Jamaicans may feel about it, but we're going to have to ask some people that were <laughs> yeah. in New York at the time because it was an East Coast thing. Yes, like, a lot of East Coast. You really didn't get it much from West yeah. Coast artists throwing random patois and Caribbean yeah. type slang. Because a lot of the East Coast rappers did have some West Indian roots or something, yeah. at least. So I just assumed she did too, but I guess maybe it's just the people she was around yeah, and the stuff she was listening to, because she does it a lot. Right. But overall, I definitely think this is a strong debut album, even though I didn't hear it until now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure if I was listening to hip hop in 1989, I would have been all over this. Yeah, because as I mentioned before, there weren't really many rappers to choose from. So if you actually were able to make it on the radio, you were pretty good. Right. Like, I don't remember there being rappers played on the radio and you're like, oh my God, they suck <laughs> because <laughs> of the effort that it took to actually get to that point. Right. You had to be good. And she was. Give me body. <laughs> you're just going to keep singing that? Yep. <laughs> After a while, they started to get a little more established and mm -hmm. the flavor unit was growing and expanding. So she kind of took the lead in taking over running the flavor unit because apparently the 45 King got some drug issues and whatnot Ooh. and really wasn't taking care of business the way that they were supposed to. So she took it upon herself to like start an LLC and trademark the name all and right. all that stuff so they could be an official money making entity. Mm hmm. Some of the guys who were down with it before didn't like it too much. Others were like, that's a great idea. Let's get this money. Why didn't they like it? Just because they felt, why are you um, like taking this on? It should be one of us because we've been here longer and we're older, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. Because she was the youngest one in the crew. But at the same time, if you wanted to, then you should have stepped up and did it. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. But she ended up starting Flavor Unit Records, Flavor uh -huh. Unit Management. And after a couple years, some fell off and they brought new people in uh -huh. like Naughty by Nature, Freddie Fox, Black Sheep. And some of the old ones stuck around. I think Apache and one other kind of made it through. But the second go round, basically completely whole new Flavor Unit. Yeah, that's the Flavor Unit. I know. So let's talk about her second album. Nature of a Sister, 1991. Yes. Yeah, this was where I actually I put in my notes about her style reminding me of Heavy D. I actually pulled up some Heavy D <laughs> just yeah. to see if I was way off. And I'm like, no, I don't know. Sounds similar to me. <laughs> nope. There, I forget which song it was that mm -hmm. I was listening to the other day, but it just hit me like this sounds just like Heavy D. And I never noticed it in however many years it's been that I've been <laughs> listening to Queen Latifah until yeah. last week. And I think we've sort of mentioned this before, too, is like people, we have a tendency to compare like if it's a female rapper, then we try to compare to another female rapper right. instead of just who do they sound like? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I can't compare it to Moni Love or Yo-Yo or she sounds like Heavy D to me. Yeah, which makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't have to compare her to another woman. My favorite song on this album, though, is Latifah's Had It Up To Here. Produced by Naughty By Nature. That was the, the biggest hit for me. Yeah, I liked that one as well. And this one, as I was saying, she was this rapper and now she's a jazz singer. But this song, listening to it now, I could totally hear this being performed with an orchestra. Which is why I sent you that video. Exactly. Of her performing it at the Kennedy Center. I am convinced. I don't know what else she performed that mm -hmm. night, but I am convinced that 
90% of that crowd had no idea what that song was <laughs> that she was performing. But the fact that she pulled it off in front of this black tie audience right. is amazing to me. And you could just see what a pro she is, though, yeah. just watching her perform. Like, it was, she made it look so easy. Yeah. Like, she could do it in her sleep. <laughs> uh, I want to say before, like, MTV started doing those unplugged mm-hmm. concerts, I think I never really thought of rap being something that you would listen to with live instruments like sometimes you know you'll hear samples with like horns or pianos or whatever right but it always seemed like a very like electronic music to me like you have to have a dj playing a record or something not an actual drummer an actual guitarist or piano player and so i think that's why it seems surprising to think that you could perform this music like that but again now that i know that it can be done and it has been done just hearing the old songs is like oh yeah obviously like this song totally sounds like something that could just be played live and that's because a lot of them were a lot of those older albums Even though they had samples, there was a lot of live instrumentation as well. I think for me, it might have been Jay-Z's Unplugged was the first time where I was like, wow, you could do all this stuff live. (laughs) And The Roots, I mean, obviously they're a great band too, but that they were able to recreate that with live instruments. And it was like, wow, like rap can be like this. Yeah. Well, it's because you jumped into hip hop a little bit later when the live instrumentation was gone, basically, because there was Stetsasonic, which was the first hip hop band. Uh, which Prince Paul was in and okay. Daddy O and all them. But they had live instrumentation as well. And mm-hmm. there was a couple other like backing bands, mostly out of New York. But for the most part, once it became more sample heavy, then it just trended that way for a while mm-hmm. until Bismarcky got sued for, <laughs> I think it was Spring Again. And that's when everybody's like, oh, we got to step away from the sampling shit. Yeah. It's going to cost us way too much money. Yeah, so Latifah's Had It Up To Here is definitely my favorite song on this album. And I liked That's The Way We Flow because, you know, I kind of like that back and forth style. I have no idea who Safari Sister Swatch is. I don't, I don't know. Someone I, I don't she was remember. rapping with. I don't recall. <laughs> and um, Fly Girl. I thought that was hilarious. So in Fly Girl, you know, she's kind of going back and forth with a guy who's hitting on her, right? Right. And the part where he's like, you're fine. And she's like, thank you. But <laughs> just the way she said it, it gets me every single time. She's like, thank you. But I'm not that type of girl you think I am. <laughs> That song is very 90s. Mm-hmm. If you think about 90s hip hop and 90s music, urban music, that is it. <laughs> That's what you're going to be hearing in a black TV show mm-hmm. slash movie. That's going to be on a soundtrack or something. I wouldn't be surprised if it was on a soundtrack. I didn't look it up, but it's very like strictly business or <laughs> Mo Money, one of those type of soundtracks. I can see it. So this one, she continued with playing with different styles and stuff. She had the reggae vibes again, a lot of the singing, like Give Me Your Love. It kind of sounds like, you know, like 90s R&B, like Vanessa Williams and Karen White, that kind of R&B. That's what this song reminded me of. And um, that last song, How Do I Love Thee, where it's like that whispery talking through the phone (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) I can't get into that, though. (laughs) I think it did pretty well on the charts when I was looking up the billboards and stuff, but <laughs> I just, I like that she experiments with all these different sounds, but when right. she gets too far on that side, I'm just like, I can't, <laughs> I can't get with it. <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> okay. When I was reading a review about it, someone was saying it kind of sounded like Madonna's Justify My Love, and I was like, I didn't like that one either, <laughs> so I think I just don't like that whispery, how do I love thee? <laughs> 
She was being sultry. She was, and other people liked it. So, <laughs> and she obviously liked it if she recorded yeah. it. So, good for her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, her next album was Black Rain. It's a little more aggressive mm-hmm. than her previous work, but still has the songs that where she's singing and right. that are really melodic as well. Yeah, I had in my notes that this one felt more, quote, hip hop than the last album. When I was just looking at reviews, the last album didn't do well because some people thought she was trying to do too much in terms of like doing the different styles. And she was dropped from Tommy Boy due to low sales. And like I was saying earlier, Mm -hmm. things were changing so fast Mm -hmm. at this time. What she was doing mm-hmm. wasn't as popular as it was like two years before. Right. Because at this time, we've gone from De La Soul with their daisies and all this yeah. stuff to two years later, they're like, De La Soul is dead. These are the same people. All of music was kind of changing that quickly. Right. And I think that album got caught up in that transition as well. Because there's a lot of people who came out around the same time that... Like, uh, which way are we going with this? Are we going to be just Timberlands and hoodies or yeah. <laughs> are we still happy, happy, joy, joy? Right. Yeah, because by 93, things were starting to get less whimsical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it like wasn't. 93 to 95, <laughs> that in the 90s, we could do whatever we want was starting to wind down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like you had even gotten Run DMC out of the fedoras. They're wearing bald heads and hoodies and black boots. So, yeah, so things have changed quickly. This one feels very 1993 and very different from a 1989 album. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even close. Yeah, even though she's still doing the singing, she's still doing, I think she's got a little jazzy stuff, a little bit of yeah. reggae, but overall it felt a little more hoodies and Tim's. As right. <laughs> and I think that's just from the Naughty by Nature influence mm-hmm. because they were flavor unit artists. So right. that style was kind of moving towards the forefront anyway. Like it was becoming a little more street oriented. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny that there's that song Rough and Heavy D was on it. And I'm like, oh, now that he's on a song with her, I don't hear it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Because I think when I was thinking she sounded like him was more of the dancey kind of hip hop. Whereas when we got to this album, it was less of that. But even his music was trending in this direction, too, around this time. Because the the Blue Funk album is not like the first couple albums. Right. So the, the other thing that I thought was funny, too, about... The 90s was, she has a song with Tretch, Coochie Bang, (laughs) when they just talking about wearing condoms, basically. Right. And I just found that funny that that was another theme in the 90s was talking about safe sex and condoms (laughs) and all that stuff. And like everyone had had some kind of condom PSA or something, basically. And we can't forget about TLC and... Left eye always wearing, actually wearing. all of them would be wearing condoms all over their clothes yeah. and stuff. And then Salt and Peppa had, let's talk about sex. So I don't know if that was part of these. In the 90s, we got to do well, all these things. Well, it was like <laughs> also at the height of like crack and AIDS. Right. So it's like, uh, if y'all want to live, you need to <laughs> strap up. Yeah. It's, it's not safe in these streets. There's always wearing a jimmy hat or something. yeah it's like we Some know y'all of... gonna be hoes but yeah. <laughs> at least be safe about it so she has that song with tretch and then in just another day she said something about she gotta get her gun and her jimmy hats because in case she needs protection <laughs> it's like protection from everything yeah <laughs> just in case you get some tonight and just in case you got to put somebody down the exactly she's gonna be protected 
I'm prepared <laughs> on both sides. So I just thought that was funny because I remember when I was a kid and my sisters would see me watching my music videos and see TLC with their condoms all over the place. And they're just like, why are they doing that? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Why don't they have these in their purses? I don't know. I'm 13. <laughs> <laughs> like, you tell me. Like, it's about safe sex, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know about that. You're not as cultured as me. <laughs> so I think this one, you and I, T.Y., that's my favorite song on here. Okay. But technically, it's my favorite song. Okay. Why technically? The album version is different from the video version. It is. So I like the video version better. Okay. I get it. They both have the jazzy sound, but the album one is a little bit more jazzy. I but think. now that I think about it, I was trying to figure this out the other day when I was listening to it. I'm not sure if this version that's on here now mm -hmm. was actually on the album when it was oh. first released. Because I don't remember this version being on the album. I don't think I've ever heard this version. I've heard it, but I don't remember it being on the album. I'm guessing the video version is probably the radio version, too. Yeah. Yeah, because I've never bought a Queen Latifah album. So right. whatever I would have heard had to be either the radio version, single version, or video version. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as it came on, I was like, have I just not heard this song in a while? Because <laughs> it's not like totally different. It just, it's a little more smoothed out. It's right. a little bit more jazzy, but mostly the same. Yeah, I don't remember this version being on the album. I could be wrong, yeah. but I don't remember that one being on the album. The thing that I always thought was funny on this song was, so she's talking about, you know, some guy walked by and grabbed her butt. Right. She's wearing her shorts and she said then the little one said yeah me bitch and i don't know why with her calling somebody the little one always <laughs> makes me laugh and i instantly <laughs> thought of Vinny just because you know naughty by nature's you know, part of the crew right. and stuff. And Vinny is playing the little one yeah. in the video. <laughs> he's the little one. He's the little one. <laughs> she didn't punch him dead in his eye in the video, though. <laughs> but yeah, that's who I thought of. And that's who played the part. But it's probably just an old memory in my head anyways. Yeah. <laughs> that you forgot about. Yeah, because he's the little one. <laughs> yeah, me, bitch. <laughs> <sighs> uh, my favorites on this album, it's a tie for me. It's either Just Another Day mm -hmm. or Black Hand Side. And I listen to them a lot this week and I can't decide which one I like better. So it's both of them for me. I could be your tiebreaker and say Just Another Day. Okay. <laughs> I like that one better than Black Hand Side, but I like that one too. Just yeah. Another Day reminds me of Ice Cube's It Was a Good Day. Just talking about their day yeah. <laughs> and what's going on in their neighborhood. I <laughs> really like Weekend Love, even though it sounds like <laughs> something I would hear on a Caribbean cruise ship. <laughs> As someone who spent a lot of time on cruise ships in yeah. the Caribbean, I can confirm that's the type of song you would hear mm -hmm. play. It's definitely very cruise ship. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and the last song, Winky's Theme, which she dedicated to her brother. So this kind of gives us a peek into where her music was going to go. Because even though she had done that sort of like jazzy live instrumentational stuff before, I think this one sounds even more further away from, I guess, like the hip hop right. roots and stuff. And at first I didn't really like the song, but then after listening to it, I couldn't stop humming it <laughs> <laughs> under my breath i'm like you know what i think i do like this song i just had to let it marinate you were converted <laughs> yep <laughs> i don't remember it i don't think i even listened to it i didn't make it to that part of the album because i only really listened to the songs that i liked this time i would hum it but i think i've done enough singing and humming on this podcast <laughs> i should be embarrassed at this point <laughs> i don't think so i've heard much worse <laughs> so shall i hum it then no 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 we don't need that 
We don't need that. Rude. <laughs>So around the same time as this album Mm -hmm. is when we got the Flavor Unit compilation album. I can't tell you many songs from it. Just looking at the track listing right now, I know Roll With The Flavor, which is basically the Uh the group cut. And then obviously Hey Mr. DJ by Shawnee. Ooh, let me look up the track listing. I didn't even look at that. Are Uh, the only two I remember. Was it? The Flavor Unit compilation? Roll with the flavor. Okay. Now, this has always bothered me as well. The name of their crew is the Flavor Unit. Mm Mm-hmm. F-L-A-V-O-R. Why are you going to name your album (laughs) Roll with the Flavor, F-L-A-V-A? That has always bothered me. I don't know. It's right up there with Moni Love spelling (laughs) Lady, L-A-D-I-E. It should be Roll with the Flavor. You are the Flavor Unit. It's right there. But what do I know? I can't find the track listing, but that song I know, and Hey Mr. DJ was on that compilation? Yeah, that's where it was released first. Oh, I don't remember. Because she was managing Naughty by Nature, and Mm -hmm. KG found them, and Bob's your uncle. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, there's a a song with D-Nice, The Biggest Sisters, the song called Sounds of Fatness. Sounds of Fatness. Yeah, I guess they were some big girls. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know that song. I don't song. remember them at all. <laughs> the Almighty RSO had a song on there. That's your man Benzino's group when he was still Ray Dog. <laughs> Freddie Fox. Ray Dog. Yeah, that was his original rap name, Ray Dog. Isn't that the same? No, not the Ray Dog you're thinking <laughs> <No>. of. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, isn't that the same name? So (laughs) this is like early YouTube. There's this guy named Ray Dog. R-E-H-D-O-G-G. And he did some low budget rap videos, shall we say? They were terrible. So anyone who was into early YouTube, y'all probably know. Why must I cry? Why must I cry? Why must I cry? (laughs) No, not that Ray Dog. (laughs) Okay. Different guy. Yeah, so there's a lot of people on this album okay. and a lot of songs that I don't remember other than those two. And in the role with the flavor video, Tretch is rubbing this sticker real creepy like. <laughs> like. Ew. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it's terrible. I have the video pulled up right in front of me. <laughs> Because right. when I was trying to find track listing, the video pulled up. Because he does it in the video for a little oh, bit. And then gross. at the very end, that's how it closes. They play him doing it again. I'm going to play it. Okay. I want to see it. I'm going <laughs> to just go right to the end. Oh, Kid Capri's in here. Yeah. it's a lot of people in it. Yeah. There's Queen Latifah with her um, boss bitch jacket on, sitting at her table. Oh, gross. Yes. Creepy. Why is he doing that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. I remember this now. Ugh. <laughs> just- All right. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, But this was around the same time that she started branching out away from music and getting into movies and TV. So there's a run from like 93 to 95 where there was no Queen Latifah music. And she's putting all of her work in movies and television. Living single. (laughs) Living single. In the 90s kind of world. See, it's all this in the 90s. There you go. What else was she in in that point? Uh, She was in House Party 2. I remember her in that. She had a small part in Juice. Remember she yeah, was, uh, she was like hosting the Q DJ was, thingy. Yeah, Q was auditioning for the DJ battle. Yeah. And I see the lists here. Her IMDb is long. Yeah, it's it's not normal. <laughs> it's not normal. <laughs> no, she's got credits in every area. <laughs> producing, executive producing, acting, writing, directing, mm-hmm. all of it. Uh, what else was she in? my life i don't remember that or know what it is i don't know what that is but what we watched the other night set it off set it off 
That was, was a good rewatch. She I was Cleo. It. Oh, my favorite part was her little celebratory dance after they did their first bank. <laughs> when she Woo! shot the ceiling. Yep, she's dancing, she's <laughs> wooing. Cleo was the loosest of cannons. <laughs> yep, that yeah. was a pretty good um, movie. it was it was better than i remember it being yeah but it was worse than i remember it being at the same time if that makes any sense nope (laughs) okay like it was a good plot except okay let me take that back there was one it was a good idea but the way that it played out wasn't really good but at the same time it was okay for 1990 whatever 96. 96 yeah it was a good plot in the sense of like they all went through something to finally make them say yeah let's go rob these banks right except jada pinkett's character spoiler but jada pinkett's character her brother gets killed by the lapd accidentally yeah. they could have just avoided all of this bank robbery and just sued the lapd <laughs> Yes. So I think they could have given her a different reason. Oh, my brother got killed. Let's rob these banks. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing that I had an issue with mm-hmm. was it was a lot of overacting outside of Queen Latifah. Like everybody else was doing too much. They were going a little too far <laughs> with it. But her character, mm-hmm. even though she was going too far, it made sense because that's who she was. Like her character supposed to be out there, like Vivica Fox just snapping all the time. Yeah. It was a bit too much. Like you were just a bank teller two <laughs> days ago and now you're this criminal mastermind all of a sudden yelling at people. She was mad. Still. They fired her. She wouldn't <laughs> all of a sudden take the lead in a bank heist though. Whereas Cleo, she's. Yeah, she's all in. She's, she's down like, for everything. You saw okay. the people she hung out with. Exactly. Like she's hanging out with Dr. Dre, who's a gun runner, sitting in a random warehouse, just shooting at targets for no reason. She's living in somebody's garage. <laughs> Whose garage was this? <laughs> like when they said, shut up, you live in a garage. <laughs> I thought they meant that she lived in a like a garage that was attached to a house. Right. Not an auto body shop. With a car that always needed fixing she had a rusted out 64 (laughs) impala but she lived in a auto shop but Mm -hmm. i want to know whose it was and why wasn't she Mm -hmm. like making money fixing cars like she's just sitting around doing nothing all the time when you have a place to make money right there i don't know you ask me too many questions and she was a car thief (laughs) (laughs) like you have all these opportunities to make money but you're sitting around with your girlfriend who doesn't speak i mean she's Lazy, I guess. She <laughs> yeah. only does those things when she has to. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But like I said, it was better than I thought it was. And it was worse than I remember. <laughs> Both at the same time. Yeah, I think I only watched it once. So I didn't remember anything. So it was basically almost watching it for the first time because there was like some tiny things that I remember. But for the most part, it was pretty new to me. It's like, <laughs> did I watch this movie? <laughs> I definitely watched it, and that's my critique. Okay. It was better than I remember and worse (laughs) than I remember at the same time. My critique is, why didn't she just do the LAPD? (laughs) The movie would have been over in 20 minutes. Yeah, and then she could have kept dating. What's his name? Uh, Your favorite black black hiker? (laughs) Yeah, my favorite black hiker. (laughs) Blair Underwood. And, you know, whatever. Oh, well. (laughs) All right. Shall we continue with the segue and talk a little bit about her film and TV during this yeah. time? Since we're already here and we there's here. no music to talk about. <laughs> so we kind of have to. <laughs> well, Living Single, Hello, that is definitely a classic. And we all know there'd be no friends if there wasn't a Living Single. 
It's true. Admitted by the higher ups at NBC mm-hmm. who said, give me one of those, but make it white. <laughs> Less urban. <please. laughs> uh, apparently, Sheep was on the Fresh Prince twice playing two different characters. I don't remember either of them. I don't remember. But Living Single is the thing that kind of put her out there as an actress other than set it off. I loved Living Single. I know. <laughs> I, I'm aware. She played... Uh, Khadija. Yes, Khadija, who owned a hip hop magazine. Flavor, of course. Of course. She is very always about flavor unit, flavor unit, flavor unit. So, of course, it's going to be Flavor me. Magazine. I really want to start rewatching Living Single. I really <laughs> want to see Overton Wakefield Jones talking all slow. <laughs> and then Kyle, who's always like, hello, I'm Debonair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, man. What was uh, Kim Fields' character's name? Um, Regine. Yes, Regine. Even though her name was really Regina. Well, of course she would be Regine. Regine. <laughs> Regine and what was the last? Maxine. Maxine Shaw, yes. attorney at law. <laughs> <laughs> and wasn't she always coming over eating up all the food? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> like she would come in and go straight to the food. Oh, and what's her name? The The character's name? Overton's love interest oh uh khadijah's cousin yeah sinclair ah, sinclair the wannabe actress but she was a little bit ditzy i think at the end she ended up getting an acting gig yeah. if i recall correctly i could be wrong i could be making that up i don't uh, know <laughs> yeah that was like at the height of these black comedies there was living single fresh prince martin martin different world yeah. like it was just again i think that's probably why everyone felt so like it's the 90s yeah <laughs> again that's why people tended to get comfortable like yeah. we, we doing we it now it. we're here we don't need to fight for anything else yeah and then all the shows got canceled <laughs> yep <laughs> bye-bye bye <laughs> Yeah, just looking through the rest of her early 90s stuff, mm-hmm. I don't remember her in Hoodlum. I've only seen Hoodlum one time. I don't, I don't know remember. What that is. is that a TV yeah. show? No, it's a movie, movie? with uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, he, it's like set in the 30s. Oh, playing a gangster. I, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember if I've actually seen it. Yeah, I've definitely seen it. I don't remember much about it. I remember her in The Bone Collector, though. She was Denzel's nurse. Hmm. I do not remember that. Because he played the cop that was paralyzed in The Bone Collector. I don't even remember the movie, actually. (laughs) Yeah, he was like a forensic investigator. Yeah. And he got hurt. Like something fell on him when he was on the job and he was paralyzed. And Angelina Jolie is like a street cop and she stumbles across his murder. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, you're going to be my eyes out on the street. So it's like heavy technology where they're using her to tell him what's going on back Mm -hmm. at his hospital bed. And he's using a computer to put the crime scene together and Queen Latifah plays his nurse. Okay. Any other TV and film stuff in the 90s? Uh, Bringing Out the Dead, I've never seen that, so I can't talk about it. Don't know. If anybody (laughs) has seen it, you can let us know on The Bird or Instagram. (laughs) But I have no idea what it is. So that brings us to 1998 with her album order in the court so she's back in these hip-hop streets right this one was not available for streaming no it wasn't so i didn't hear the entire album i tried to look up some stuff on youtube so the ones that were at least singles who <laughs> were there because there were some like videos and stuff. right so i only heard three songs of okay. this album but this sounds like 98 hip-hop yeah <laughs> and i didn't know bananas is apparently foxy brown diss track 
or? I meant to get into this and I completely forgot about the Foxy Brown beef that she had. Mm-hmm. I was going to save it for when we do the beef you episode. You can save it. So I just I, wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I <laughs> didn't go into that one. And there's a couple other songs that I'm not going to bring up until then. Right. Okay. So <laughs> you can learn more about it in the next episode when we talk about rap beefs. Yes. <laughs> All right, so I only heard three songs, Bananas, Paper, and It's All Right. Yeah, I only remember Bananas from when it came out, and the rest of the album I don't, other than Parlay. I remember that one, but since it's not available to listen to, I didn't go back and try and track it down. A lot of times, uh, if you look for an artist on YouTube, they will just have playlists of the albums. Because even sometimes when it's not available for streaming, it'll be on YouTube for some reason. Yeah. Like the official artist YouTube channel. Right. But yeah, this one I had to kind of search for a bit and I was like, ah, I'm not going to search for every <laughs> single song. So let me just put it in the album thing yeah. and see what pops up in those were the three. I mean, it was cool. It sounded like the 98 hip hop style yeah. and stuff. Like what I remember of it is it was very 1998. Nothing really stood out, but mm-hmm. it wasn't bad either. Right. So after that album is pretty much where she's like, I ain't doing rap anymore. This is where she went full on jazz. Yeah. The next album, the Dana Owens album, 2004, there's a couple more like soul songs that I was okay with, but I'm just not into like full on jazz. Yeah. (laughs) I like jazz elements in hip hop, but I don't really just listen to straight jazz. I actually like this album. Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard it before until this week, but... First of all, it's an album of covers. So like you said, she's just doing a bunch of jazz versions of different songs. And it feels like sitting in a smoky jazz club. Yeah. Like I should have on a fedora (laughs) waiting for some random dame to come in and like, hey, I need you to help me find who killed my my papa (laughs) (laughs) while I'm sitting at the bar nursing some scotch. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'll help you out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's much like that. Yeah. She's straight up this time just switch genres. Not yeah. just like, oh, I'm going to experiment with this and that. It was just like, nope, I'm <laughs> yeah. doing something completely different. Yeah, there was a couple songs that had more of like the soul sound, like saying there was Simply Beautiful with Al Green. And then there was The Same Love That Made Me Laugh, which I think had like a love and happiness sample or something. Uh, I can't remember. So those ones were cool, but I'm not really into the Lounge Lizard, Liza Minnelli. <laughs> like <the>. Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Oh, man. I just think of like, I don't know if I'm getting it mixed up with another album, but it just makes you feel like I should be a flapper. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely in that realm. Because it's not just jazzy. It's like 30s jazz. Yeah, Yeah, it is. 20s, 30s. I don't know. Those times. Yeah, it's very traditional jazz, as they say. (laughs) It was nominated for best jazz vocal. Well, there we go. Like I was saying earlier, this stuff has way more critical acclaim than any of the hip hop stuff that she's hmm, done. Interesting. Like award nominations, the sales, the rankings on the billboard charts. This stuff is by far her best critiqued work, but I get it. Like she's a legit jazz artist. Yeah. Now. It's not that it sounded bad. It's just, this is not what I listen to. Yeah. I'm not a jazz guy, but like I said, this album though, mm-hmm. if I'm just sitting around doing nothing, I would listen to it. Yeah. Have it on playing in the background while I'm working or something. Yeah, same, but yeah. I just, I wouldn't go out of my way to put right. it on. Right, I'm not going to hit the freeway and turn it on <laughs> in the car. Nope. But if I'm just sitting around doing some work and want some yeah. music on in the background, I'd or throw it on. Or we owned a cafe or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm not going to have it on my workout playlist right. or anything. 
Well, the next album, Traveling Light 2007, I have in my notes, I put Queen Latifah's juke joint. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounded like to me. Yeah. I'm like, or like a speakeasy. Right. <laughs> it's more of that. Um, it doesn't have like the, what is it, like the Boardwalk Empire vibe. <laughs> but it, it's another jazzy album. Another album of covers. But it's not as yassy as, <laughs> as the last album. I only kind of skimmed through this one, but it's cool yeah. too. I would, again, yeah. have this on in the background while I'm doing stuff, but I'm not going to add it to any of my mixes or playlists. Right. Yeah. It's just, for me, it's like cafe background music. Yeah. It's <laughs> something that you would put on that's not annoying and it's not overpowering your senses and you're singing along with it or something like yeah. that. Well, she came back in 2009 with Persona and this technically is like a rap album but this kind of reminds me of when we were talking about when usher came back after yeah. confessions and he was doing sort of more of like the dance pop rap like i wouldn't even consider one. this a rap album i mean i guess i only say that because she raps on a it. little bit but it's but mostly like a bunch of pop songs yeah to me it's like dance r&d yeah it's like cue the rain sounds like dj goddess falling in love yeah like that kind of song as I was listening to it, I thought about the episode of Atlanta when they were talking about Flowrider and Darius said that moms <laughs> need to enjoy rap too. Yeah. That's what this is yeah. to me. I wrote down, it's like how Black Eyed Peas sounded when they added Fergie. Yeah. It, it's the music that you hear when you walk into Hot Topic. It's not bad, but it's not for me. I, I wasn't the target demographic for this album. Yeah. So I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's not something that I would listen to. Yeah. Same here. Once was enough. I think the only one that I would, in terms of full albums, the only one I would listen to again is the first one. Okay. That one's my favorite out of her full discography. There are handfuls of songs on the second and third album and maybe the fourth if I can actually find some of them. <laughs> but yeah, everything after the mid-90s, I'm just like, nah, not for me. Okay. Again, it's not for lack of talent because I think the great thing about Queen Latifah, what makes her great is she can do all of these things. Yeah. And she can do it well. It's just not my style. I was just going to say it's funny that she's had three completely different careers. Mm -hmm. Like you take her first couple hip hop albums. It's completely different than the film and movie stuff, mm -hmm. which is completely different than all of the jazz things that she's been doing over the past few years. And even with the jazz stuff that she's doing, her last real album was what, 2009? That's still what, 11 years ago. 12 years ago. Yeah. I didn't realize how long it's been that she hasn't been doing hip hop. And it's been 12 years that she's done anything in terms of music. Right. Like she performs every now and then and she jumps on a song here and there. But in terms of an album, I guess that part of her career is just done. Like I'm going to just stick to movies and TV. Yep. Because even movies that she's not in, there's been a couple things that we watched in the last little while will be like Flavor Unit. Right. <laughs> like Flavor Unit Productions is yep. out here. Basically any movie she's in, she's probably producing it. Yeah. The few of the ones we watched, she'll make like a little cameo or something. Yeah. What was the one we watched? The one with T.I. Uh, T.I. and Mike Epps, The <laughs> yeah. Trap. Yeah, where she, <laughs> that she had movie a small part. It's so talking. silly, but her and, role is hilarious. Yes, she plays the doctor, but she also, what did she say when she puts her badge away? Oh, I don't then... remember. It's something about, <laughs> it's basically she she was code switching. Yeah. <laughs> she was a doctor, then she put the badge away, and then she cussed out Mike Epps and T.I. Yeah. <laughs> More than once. It wasn't the best movie, but it was worth the watch. Yeah. It, if you need <laughs> to waste some time, yeah. you want to laugh at some silliness. Don't expect too much from it, but it is yeah, entertaining. It, it's funny. <laughs>
And you got T.I. trying to be a chef and Mike Epps is Mike Epps. So. Yeah, and Tiana Taylor being Tiana. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tiana Taylor on 11. That was pretty funny. We also watched Last Holiday. That one was cute. Her and LL Cool J. It is so funny watching her and LL be sort of like meek characters. Right. <laughs> She's got her little church shoes on. <laughs> yeah. they, they both work at the same department store and he's like, he's not lip licking LL, that's right. for sure. He's just like, um, hi, can I take you out? <laughs> Do you want to go to a basketball game? I got these tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really funny to see them both play. She's got a crush on him. He's got a crush on her, but they're both scared to do anything about it. They're basically Overton and um, Sinclair. Sinclair. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Again, it's not like, don't ex- expect too much from it, yeah. but it's one of those like... It's a funny rom-com. Yeah, it's a rom-com, something you watch around the holidays. You know yeah. how movies come out around Christmas or yeah. Valentine's Day or whatever? It's one of those type of movies, but it was entertaining and it right. was funny and it was cute. We also watched Beauty Shop. She was a character in Barbershop 2. So that character moves to Atlanta and opens her own shop down there. So that one was, again, predictable, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, it's like sometimes you just want to watch something that just entertains you. Yeah. Everything doesn't have to make you think or tug right. at your heartstrings. Sometimes you just want to laugh. And that's exactly what that was. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't rewatch this recently, but we watched Ice Age. Yeah, you know I love We've my seen the, the Ice animated Age films. movies with her playing the mammoth. Yeah, that's uh, a good one if you like animated films. Yeah, those because are pretty entertaining. A lot of times you think of animated films as being for kids, but they know parents have to watch it too. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of adult humor, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of sprinkled in. Not bad adult humor, but yeah. stuff that the kids won't get, but it's funny to us. I enjoy Ice Age. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember if you watched it with me or if I watched it by myself. Girls Trip. No, I watched it with you. Okay, that was funny too. Yeah, that one was pretty good. I like it yeah i hate like we've talked about this before where you know when like people just try too hard like let's make a women's film and it's like look you can just have a movie where all the leads are women and not make a big deal out of it and just let it play just let it play and it guess what it works yeah it's not like ooh, they're all women and they're funny right <laughs> it's just like just four girls going to vegas there you go there's yeah. your story no they went to I essence mean, fest essence fest new orleans yeah and that's all you really need yeah and it worked shenanigans happen <laughs> so that was a pretty good one too i started watching joyful noise just because it's one of the few queen latifah films that we actually have on our streaming okay. services but i didn't get too far i just thought this was funny because i wanted to see how it played out with her and dolly, dolly Parton, Parton, yeah being opposites of each other and i just saw i don't know i think wikipedia or something said that they promoted the movie on 106 in Park, her and Dolly Parton. Oh, okay. I was going to try to see if I could find the clip, but I just forgot <laughs> to look for it. I was like, I would love to see Dolly Parton yeah, on I'm gonna 106 have to look in Park. This, <laughs> this is something I need to see. Just the little bit that I saw so far, it just seems like it'll probably be an entertaining movie. Yeah, too. I wouldn't mind watching it. I remember watching, um, so she had her daytime talk show. Yes, twice. Twice. See, I don't remember twice. It went away and came back? Yeah, they brought it back. I don't remember exactly when, maybe like three, four years ago or something. Mm -hmm. But the first time was like 
in the 90s, the late 90s, early 2000s. And then it came back a few years ago. I remember watching some of it. And again, this is Queen Latifah who can do everything. <laughs> she had a daytime talk show yeah, like on said, top of doing twice. all this other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just looking up random clips on YouTube and there was one where she did the I Want to Be Down reunion. So she had Brandy on. <laughs> okay. And she brought MC Light and Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo. But Queen Latifah was telling the story about how she borrowed hype williams jacket for the video shoot okay. so he was obviously directing the video i don't know why she borrowed his jacket but she said she was trying to keep it she asked oh, him man. if she could take it and he was like no <laughs> you gotta give it back <laughs> oh boy I guess that basically wraps up what we know about her in terms of her music and uh, film and TV. Every time we decide to talk about someone, either it's like their birthday that we didn't realize. Some huge event happening in their life. Yeah, so she recently got the Lifetime Achievement Award Yes, from BET, and I watched the performance. Lil' Kim, Moni Love, Rhapsody, MC Light performed a medley for hits. I would suggest watching that. that yeah, was I, I watched that and it then good performance. forgot to watch Queen Latifah's speech. <laughs> <laughs> I had it lined up to watch it when I was finished with it, got distracted by something, yeah. and completely forgot about it until right now. So I watched the performance. <laughs> I just didn't see her speech, which yeah. was really good, apparently. I did watch it, but now I can't remember. And if you haven't seen it, <laughs> go ahead and check it out. I'm going to do the same. And then I randomly came across an episode where she hosted Deaf Comedy Jam. Okay. She came out with a leather suit. Not like a suit, but like a onesies. Right. Like a, a leather jumpsuit and a gun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't remember that. I'm going to have to look this up too. She told a couple jokes and people <laughs> laughed and stuff because I think she's really good at delivery. Right. The jokes were eh, not bad for non-comedian, I guess. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she doing stand-up now? But turns out she was just hosting. Right. Because why wouldn't she do stand-up? She's done everything else, right? <laughs> but she came out, told a couple jokes, and she's like, yay, you guys laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot why she had this gun. And then. Yeah, I'm going to have to yeah. look this up. <laughs> So I stumbled onto this documentary and her mom was talking about how close she was with her brother when they were little kids and stuff. And if you didn't know, he passed away in a motorcycle accident. But she taught her brother not to hit girls. Right. Queen Latifah was a rambunctious child. Okay. And she said she bit him in the ear. Like really like hard. Mike Tyson or yeah, she bit him in the ear really hard, <laughs> and he was so mad. But because he was taught not to hit girls, he didn't fight back. Right. And he told her about it, and his mom, their mom, told her, "No, you couldn't teach her a lesson." <laughs> so she said the next time she grabbed the Tonka truck and bonked him in the head. Oh God! And so he punched her in the face. <laughs> but then she said he cried because, because he, he knew he wasn't supposed to do it, even though because she was like she told him that he could teach right. her a lesson, but he felt bad because they were close and he didn't want to yeah. hurt her, even though she was bonking him with Tonka trucks. Oh man, yeah, that's a, a very sibling thing to do. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't get around to finishing that either. But many things to go back and look at. <laughs> so of. Her full discography, her filmography, what is your favorite Queen Latifah moment? I'm going to say you and I, T.Y., and specifically the part where she's like, who you calling a bitch? (laughs) Because that was just 
very memorable. <laughs> Living out your fantasies vicariously through Queen yep. Latifah. All the times I wanted to lash out at somebody and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you got Queen Latifah sitting on one shoulder. So maybe if Queen Latifah stays on my shoulder, I won't come up with the best comeback three days later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yep. For me, I'm going to say my favorite moment is her in Set It Off playing Cleo. That's a pretty good favorite moment. <laughs> That's hands down my yeah. favorite. Just all of the reckless shit that she was doing <laughs> and really didn't care. And then how it ends because of her. Right. And she she cares about her friends. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she doesn't act like it sometimes. She'll well, put a gun in your face <laughs> and is like, I wasn't going to shoot her. See, there's a difference between being reckless and not caring about your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Those are two different things. But Cleo is my favorite Queen Latifah moment. Either that or her playing the doctor in that mm. the movie with Mike Epps and T.I. <laughs> that we watched. Yeah, that was pretty But good. I'm going to say Cleo. Oh, I almost forgot to mention we wanted to watch that movie where we saw some random clip on Twitter. Oh, Somebody oh. posted this random clip. When she was riding this bike all over the place. Like a bicycle, not a motorcycle. Yeah, she's playing a bike messenger and she's like jumping over trucks and she starts in Philly and ends up in Brooklyn. Then she's in L.A. This is supposed to be one ride. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be one But trip. for some reason they have all these filming locations. Yeah, and she's jumping over cars and trains He's going through the subway except we don't know who's riding this bike at the time <laughs> right. because they have a helmet on i'm watching the clip like what is going on with this bike <laughs> messenger and then she skids to a stop in some warehouse pulls off her um helmet, helmet. and at the same time that i'm thinking queen latifah the person <laughs> in the video says that too and it's just hilarious and i was like oh my god we have to watch this movie yes we and we will post that yeah. tweet as well <laughs> we couldn't find the movie though because he wasn't happy when he saw that it was Queen Latifah. <laughs> I think he's more surprised than that. Yeah, be, I wouldn't say he was upset that it was her, but he was more upset <laughs> at all the stunts that were happening and then finding out it was her. And she's riding her bike recklessly through three cities <laughs> right. to, I think, Crazy in Love. Yeah, it was, was Crazy playing. in Love playing. <laughs> And you get to the end and it's Queen Latifah. Yeah. Just like, hi, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. While everybody's cheering her on. Uh, All right. You got anything else you would like to add? Should we watch the Equalizer, which is what she's currently doing? Yeah, she's currently in the Equalizer. <laughs> so we should check that out. And oh. I know she's in a movie with Adam Sandler that's oh. in production right now. Okay. I saw some pictures from it where they're walking down the street holding hands. So I guess they're a couple in it. Okay. Uh, I just know he's playing a, a basketball scout and it's an Adam Sandler movie. So it can go plenty of ways. It mm. can be really good, like Uncut Gems, or it can be Grown Ups Part <laughs> 4 or whatever. So. Yeah. We'll it can see. go either way, but I have nothing else to add to this. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. So we're going to end here. Thank you again for listening to They Reminisce Over You. Uh, make sure to check us out on social media at Troy Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can check out our website, TroyPodcast.com. If you're interested in hearing a Queen Latifah playlist, you can search the title of this episode on Spotify and it will come up. So you get to hear all the songs that we've been talking about. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review because that helps us move up the charts uh, we are number one in Botswana this week are we no I just made that okay. up <laughs> <laughs> but I would like to be uh, so <laughs> if you haven't 
given us a review, go out and do that on your podcast service of choice. We would appreciate it. That's pretty much all I have. So I guess we'll talk to you next week. Oh, no. In two weeks. Two Two weeks. weeks. Until then. Bye. Bye.